You're listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson, the podcast that tells you what it really takes to build a business and the simple steps to get you there. I'm determined to share with you the reality of easy, simple business marketing tips to make passive income so that you can start making money online. As entrepreneurs, you know how mastering high ticket sales and premium client attraction can explode your online income and profits without multiplying your workload. My friend and client, Tanya King-Mohammed, is the go-to high-ticket sales expert for you if you want to attract high-paying clients to multiply your income with integrity. The science and strategy-backed tools from within the high-ticket method means your authority, income, and freedom skyrocket as you get paid more for the work you love. Tanya is going to be delivering her results-driven, free, high-ticket sales success sprint on February the 19th to the 22nd online. In its last round, the high-ticket sprint generated thousands in new sales, and this sprint is set to generate even bigger results. If you're ready to multiply your revenue without multiplying your workload with more consistent high-ticket clients, you need to register now. You can register by either connecting with Tanya on Instagram at Freedom with Tanya, or just go to the show notes and the links there. Hello, welcome to this week's podcast. One of the things that gets overlooked a lot of the time in business is retention. We talk so much about how to get clients, how to get that new lead, how to convert, how to launch and all of the things to do with getting those clients. And one of the things that's missed a lot of the time is the retention of clients. We all know that it's 80% easier to get a client that you already have and cheaper than it is to you know, go out there and find new clients. So why aren't we spending more time on keeping the clients that we already have, paying more in our businesses. I have Claire Tebbit with us today, who is an expert in all things marketing, and that includes retention. We're going to have a chat about this. She actually helps ambitious business owners scale their own businesses through data-driven strategy. And this data is really important, and it comes into retention. So welcome to the podcast, Claire. Hello. So retention is really important in all businesses, and you didn't start out in the business that you have now helping people with their metrics, with their marketing. So I'm presuming that you learned about retention from the first business you had. Well, I kind of learned retention from my first employed, well, my employed roles in marketing, because I started out life as a marketeer in marketing agencies. But when I had my children, I quickly discovered that employed life didn't really then suit me anymore because it didn't suit the lifestyle I wanted. So I started a photography business and that's when I learned how retention, when I really, really appreciated how important retention was. Especially Um, photography, because I assume that with, there's so many people out there doing it. It's what some people might call a saturated market. I don't believe in saturated markets, but you know what I mean? So people are like constantly needing to find new clients. So how did retention work out for you with that? Yeah, well, it's particularly true because I specialised in newborn photography. So obviously you'd think newborn photography, okay, they're only newborn for a very short amount of time. Then what are you going to do? So I quickly realised that delivering a great customer experience was really key because everybody was shopping on price because, as you say, there were so many other photographers out there offering essentially the same service, newborn photography. But I... I learned that if I delivered a great customer experience, then not only did they come back to me two years later when they had another child, but they then also came back to me if they wanted to do, for instance, a cake smash session 
or they wanted a family shoot because although I specialised in newborn photography and that was all I ever talked about on social media or anywhere, I did do other shoots if my clients came back to me. And then they also referred all the people they met who were also just having babies. So it worked really well. With your business that you have now, you then went into, you, you moved from, first of all, why did you move from photography into what you do now? Because I missed marketing and it was really interesting because obviously a lot of, well, a lot of the women that were coming to me, they spent four hours, up to four hours with me in a shoot and they were already worrying about going back to work, thinking that work wouldn't suit their lifestyle. And they were thinking quite about- Quite rightly, quite rightly, yeah. if we look at it quite rightly when we look at yeah. childcare and the costs and everything else. Exactly. And so they were all thinking about, well, not all of them, obviously, but a lot of them were thinking about setting up their own business. And I found it really interesting. And so when I first started, that's who I helped, like mums with who really wanted to start their own business. And I kind of returned to my love of marketing. Yeah. And now you don't just help mums, you help lots of different people. And, and I've seen your business grow you know, extraordinarily in the last couple of years. And you're really known now for what you do for helping people in marketing. So how has retention helped this business that you're in? In exactly the same way. You deliver, you concentrate on delivering a great customer experience and then those people will come back to you time and time again. And you, I mean, you must see that yourself. So if people, you know, come to you, for instance, with one to many first, then obviously they might come and join Destination Inspiration or The One or whatever it is. And they come back to you and buy whatever it is that you're selling because they become raving fans but then not only that, they'll happily go and talk to you, uh, talk to other people about you. Uh, and then those people will come and become your clients. Yeah, it's actually retention has massively helped my business. One of the things that we did for the new business, we did a SWOT analysis. One of those things that you do in corporate that you hate everything in corporate, but you really should bring it into your business. And we sat down and we looked at five competitors and we looked at the strengths that those competitors had over us and their weaknesses and the opportunities that were there for us. And one of the biggest things that we found is that quite a lot of people in online kind of strategy type consulting uh, roles, what they seem to do well is sell. So they're really good at the selling side and they get people on board, but they don't deliver that well. The customer experience isn't that well. And because of that, they don't, retain clients people don't pay them over and over again so they're constantly having to spend money on facebook ads to find new clients to get new people in because once they've been around someone they generally don't work with them again and our biggest strength was that clients always work with us again we barely have anybody that's done one thing with us they come back and do more things with us when they grow you know the next thing they need they'll come back to us because they had such a good experience the first time and i think retention maybe has actually made my business retention and referral because we didn't use facebook ads until we'd you know made well over a million for this exact reason yeah and that Retention is so important if you want to scale your business because you know, 80%, as you said earlier, 80% of your future profits are going to come from 20% of your existing clients. They're much more likely to buy than prospective clients. They're going to spend more. They're going to refer people to you, which will increase your lifetime value, which obviously, you know, I love metrics, increase the lifetime value of your customer. It will reduce your customer acquisition cost because I think people think the current status people are four times more likely to buy from you if they've been referred. They're likely to spend more. 
they're likely to stay with you longer as well if they've been referred. And as we know, people buy from people they know, like and trust. And if somebody has already recommended you, that's shortcutting the know, like and trust journey. And so the sales process is a lot shorter too. That's so true. One of the things that I always say is there are three ways to scale a business. People come to me and say, I want to scale a business. I always say that there's only three ways to scale a business. You either put your prices up, that makes you more revenue. People often go, well, just put your prices up. That That's not always the right thing to do, the ethical thing to do. The second way is to sell more things to the same customers you have, which is where retention comes in so handy. And the third is to sell the same product to more people, which is where referral and affiliates come in handy. And so there's retention that people are overlooking. It's, it's a massive deal. It could be like the main part of your business, your lead generation. Yeah. Why do you think people aren't thinking of it that way? I think because they're so busy thinking, oh, I need new clients, I need more clients. So they automatically think new clients, but actually they're not thinking about the client base that they've already got. But equally, you just touched on something there about um, the three ways to scale business, about selling more things. That's, again, a go, kind of going back to a metric in terms of conversion rates. You've already got an audience and you're not selling to some of them because they're not all converting. It would be, again, much easier to convert the audience you've already got rather than going and bringing in new people. Yeah, and I think and when we first start, people forget that, don't they? I remember when I was used to teach people to, to really just start their Facebook groups, like the beginning part of the journey. They'd have 50 people in the Facebook group and they would be so thinking about bringing new people into that Facebook group. They wouldn't be concentrating on the 50 people in there that have never bought anything from them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that, yeah. You really do have to focus on, well, I keep saying about delivering a great customer experience, but that is really the starting point because if you don't do that, then you're never going to get them to keep coming back. And I think people overlook the ways to do that as well. I mean, obviously, if you've got small numbers and work one-to-one, it is arguably easier to deliver a great customer experience than if you're doing say a group program or a or a membership because you're never going to please everybody 100% of the time somebody's going to want more of your time somebody's going to want less of your time some people are going to want live but then as much as possible you need to tailor your content um, segment your audience depending on what they've purchased or on depending on their behavior what they've bought from you how they interact with you and that's how you deliver a great customer experience. Yeah, you're really right about you're never going to please everybody all of the time. We did a survey in our membership. You can sit with us. We did a survey to find out what people wanted. And it was so interesting because we then put them into like graphs and things. I'm like you, I like the data. I want to see what it looks like. And for as many people that said they wanted something, more of something, there were just as many people that they said they wanted less of that particular thing. For everybody that loved a particular thing, there was somebody else that really didn't like it. And it was really interesting because it was like, wow, we are going to have to just go with one of these things and, and attract that client rather than try and please both because you just couldn't please both. It was so interesting. But I think what we can do is if we know our ideal client, we know the people that we want to have in there, then we can make sure that the client experience is right for them, for that particular person. 
And as well, what what are the other things as well as client experience, which is obviously a massive one, when it comes to retention, what other things should we be making sure that we've got in place? Uh, loyalty schemes, depending on your type of business, a loyalty scheme could work well. Some kind of referral generation scheme, reward scheme, which I guess is the loyalty program, this segmenting and, ta- um, and tailoring and personalizing communication, also always doing A-B testing to check what's hitting with your clients, which messaging is working best. It's quite yeah. a lot, there's, there's quite a lot when you think about it you can be doing that most people aren't doing when it comes to attention. With the things like loyalty schemes, and especially refer- like referrals is a massive one. So, so many people, when we look at what is good in their marketing, like I always ask the first question when they say they want more clients, how are you getting clients now? And usually one of the first things they say is, oh, well, the last two came from referrals or something like that. And yet they don't have a referral scheme. So they they say, oh, I will pay someone. You know, I'll give somebody a percentage if they send someone to me. I think, why are you telling them about them? Because, for instance, people come to me all the time and say, oh, will you refer me? I'm a mindset coach. And if I have 10 people saying, will you refer me? I'm a mindset coach. If anyone needs mindset, and one of them saying, I'm going to give you... 500 pounds every time you do. Who am I going to remember? And yet yeah, no, the others probably will and won't tell me that that's going to happen. I have that all the time. Clients say to me, oh, well, I don't need to do that because I'm already getting referrals. But they're not harnessing it properly and leveraging it properly because because they're just relying on the kindness of clients. Whereas if you actually have a scheme, as you said, you, you'll be the one that they remember. Yeah, because we are all human at the end of the day. And it, you do remember people over others and usually I remember people because of kindness or because they are making sure that I remember them because they're saying if you do this you will get this and that's not a bad thing to do people often go I don't know how to say that to clients but it's just saying we want to reward you anyway that's why we started doing affiliate marketing because people were telling everybody to come into one-to-many and not getting anything for doing that and For me, it felt like the right thing to do to reward people for doing that. And not only does it reward them, then the people that were doing it anyway, it also means more people go, oh, I mean, I did, I did really enjoy this course. So I haven't really told anyone about it, but if I'm going to get something for it now, that I, now I will. Yeah, absolutely. Another way you can retain clients is obviously just by looking at your product suite or your product offering, because they might, you might have a signature course, for instance, and then they've done that. If you haven't got anything else, then there is nothing else for them to buy. And obviously it does depend on how many offers you want to have out there and that you can manage, but developing products for your clients at various parts of their journey is obviously also a good way, great way of um, maximizing your lifetime value. Yeah, because the reality is that every product suite should be its own ecosystem that feeds into each other. So for us, you know, it's an ascension model where people start in a membership and when they've done really well in the membership, they can then afford because of the money they've made to go onto one of my other programs. And eventually they should be making enough money because of those other programs, they can come into DI or my other mastermind kickstart. So some of them then go on to one-to-one. But what we do is we have a circular loop. So after they've done one-to-one or one of the memberships, they want to still stay in my world, stay in touch, learn from me, they come back into the membership. Yeah. 
And so they're always there because if they're in the membership, they're much more likely to buy other things from me if I do mastermind days or, you know, networking, something that is less about learning and more about hanging out, they're more likely to buy those things. And I, I do think sometimes people don't think about the ecosystem of their product suite. They just bring out products that they like to do, but none of them fit together. And I think that that doesn't help their retention. 100%, yeah. And also they're not thinking about the client. The client has to be at the center of it, not not you not as the business owner. Yeah. It's the client that needs to be at the center. It's what the client needs, not what you need. I found that to be really true. The more we center the clients in everything we do, the easier retention gets, because that's what it's really about, isn't it? Like it's about them. And, and so often online, you see people talking about themselves and why they wanted to teach a particular thing and, and why a mastermind was better for them because it was less time and things like that. But actually what's right for the client is why a client is going to stay with you because it's a two-way thing. Yes, I don't think we should always do things for clients that we don't want to do. You know, if you don't want to do one-to-one, -one, but your clients want it, doesn't mean you should have to do it, but you should always have them in the back of your mind. What is the way that they want to do things? Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's got to be win-win. You know, it's got to be right for you as a business owner, but you've got to make sure that it is right for your client because you've got to be answering their, their wants and their needs. And obviously, if you can do it in a way that suits you as a business owner, then that's what you go with. Of course. With metrics, you talk about metrics a lot. You talk about how it helps with retention. If somebody's out there and they're like, oh, I hate metrics. This was me, by the way, four years ago, so not judging. If they don't look at metrics at all, what should they be looking at? Okay, I think the top three metrics that people should look at are conversion rates, lifetime value, and customer acquisition cost. And I've had a few people express surprise that I don't mention ROI in my top three. But all of those three that I've just mentioned will all have an impact on ROI, but they also tell you something else about the state of your business, whereas ROI will just give you the return on investment, whereas conversion rates will tell you what part of your funnel is failing or what part of your funnel is excelling, etc. Lifetime value, obviously, how much money you can afford to spend on ads and things because you know how much more money your client is likely to spend with you after the initial purchase. And um, client acquisition cost, okay, great. You know how much you can afford to spend to get them. I really like the lifetime value of a client because I think it's overlooked. I think people, especially if they're using Facebook ads, I did a podcast with Danny Young recently and we were talking about how people often think, you know, like there's, there's how much money I spent on ads this month. How, many, how much money did I make from clients who came through that ad? And that's so misleading and not the way to look at it because the reality is the lifetime value of a client could be much bigger than that. So people say, there's no point, you know, using Facebook ads if you've got a membership that's 49 pounds a month because the ad's going to cost too much. But people that come into my membership often spend 14 to 20,000 pounds with me. So it's like, well, it's worth that to get that client in, isn't it? 100% and that's exactly why people should look at their metrics because they won't know that unless they look because they won't know how much their average client is worth to them. They won't how, know. Do you, how do you know how to work these things out? Do you have anything like on your website that can help with that? I do actually. I have a calculator which people can download for free from my website. Brilliant. We can put the link in the show notes. So yeah, we'll make sure we get that link in there because I think that... Can, 
for those of us that don't love the numbers, yeah. uh, I am that person. I like knowing my revenue. I like knowing the profit. Um, when it gets into detail of how to work out things like lifetime value of a client, I admittedly leave that to others in my team to work out. Um, but when I first started out doing it, it would have been so handy to have a calculator just go, how do I work out this stuff? Like, I need to know what this is so that I can make decisions based around it. Because the reality is that all decisions in your business should be made through strategy. You teach that as well, I know. And um, all decisions should be made because of data. And yet, so many businesses don't even look at data, don't have any data. I know, and yeah. And that's really scary for me because, you know, if, a doc- if you go and see a doctor and you've got something wrong with you, they don't just take your word that it's just one thing. They kind of tend to look at, you know, they, I don't know, they take your temperature, they take your pulse. I can't think what else they do because I'm <laughs> <laughs> they, they do lots of things. So, yeah, get you to say, ah. Um, <laughs> but, but if you don't, and if but have, putting their fingers on, you know, taking your pulse, that's like, for me, that's like looking at the data in your business because otherwise you kind of, Lots of people say to me, oh, well, I just go with my gut. Well, going with your gut is is great. It's going to get you so far, but it's not it's not going to get you probably to where you want to be. The data is the only way that you know what is happening in your business right now. And that's, so that's why I just think it's so important. And I get quite evangelical about it sometimes. No, me too. And especially when it comes to conversion rates, because people say to me, I am bringing out a course. I want to make uh, six figures. And I'm like, great, okay. So how many people does that mean that you need to have in your challenge and therefore to buy from you to make that the silence? Because they haven't looked at their usual conversion rate, so they don't know working backwards. It's very easy to work backwards and know exactly how much money you're going to make. It's no like surprise that, you know, if I say I'm making four million that year, we we do around four million that year because we've worked out the numbers to be able to do it. So if I want to make 2 million from a launch. I know I need 1,200 people to sign up to the course. How many people do I then need in the challenge based on the last three launches that I did? How many people do I need in my audience to sign up to the challenge based on the last two years? And you just work backwards and you work it out. Yeah, and that is all on my calculator. Those three metrics I mentioned earlier, it's not just those, there's also churn rate, retention rate. So if you've got a membership, for instance, it will work for you and you don't need to know any maths. Um, so that is all on there. So that's Amazing. really helpful. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you for coming in and explaining this to us today. I think that the more data we do, the more big businesses we're going to have. It's really important to do start looking at your metrics, start looking at your data. And if um, somebody wants to come and have you help with retention, where's the best place for them to get you? They can come and follow me on Instagram at Claire Tebbit Online, Claire without an I, or ClaireTebbit.com. Um, we'll put it in the show notes. Go and check that out. I'll be back next week for another episode of Make Money Online. Thank you for listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson. If you'd like to get hold of my guide to launching, go to lisajohnson.com forward slash launch and let's get you making money online.